You're listening to Tabletop Arcanum, a podcast dedicated to learning and exploring the hobby of tabletop gaming. Your hosts are Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, so sit back and relax as we talk, discuss, and joke our way through the hobby we love so much. You are a wizard representing one of many pharmaceutical companies looking for new potions to invest in. Competing wizards will try to outbid you for potions as you balance both your stock value and your public relations. The most profitable potions tend to be the least ethical, but that doesn't matter so long as your investors are happy. It's just business, magical or otherwise. Welcome to Tabletop Arcane. This is Justin. And Mindy. And today we are bringing you an exciting review of Potions and Profits from Peterson Games. This is a 3 to 6 player game. Plays in 15 to 30 minutes, ages 8 and up. It's primarily like a bidding, bluffing, and kind of auctioneering style game. And yeah, so let's talk about this one a little bit. Mindy, what were your first thoughts when you saw Potions and Profits? My first thought was it actually looks like a really cool game. The box in general looks really nice. And then actually when you open it up, the colors and artwork and all that is really fun looking. So I really thought that that was a great little enticing to bring in. And it's not very big of a game, you know, just a regular small little box that you can have everything in. But yeah, all the colors, like a 1920s kind of feel to the car and stuff just how they're designed and their colors and everything so I was really intrigued by all of that how about yours very likewise it was an interesting like okay potions profits let's do a bidding game it's really just a fantasy theme on top of a bidding game the art deco art style that you called out is really nice and enticing the art on all the cards are very unique in a lot of it too because there's um, nothing's really duplicated in all of the cards like the format's the same, but every ingredient card is unique. Every potion is unique. The only thing I think are the investment cards are one through nine, but the art on the ones versus the art on the nines is even different. So it's very well done. The cards also had a good heavy linen finish. So without sleeving, these things are going to be durable for a while. Remind me very much of like a good bicycle deck of cards. Mm. So that's kind of our first impressions. Let's dive into what does potions and profits do well? I think the whole adding your ingredients to the potions, kind of unknowingly know what you're putting in your potions, kind of making it fun for everybody to kind of be like, well, that potion started off really nice, but who knows what's actually added to it, where it's going to end up afterwards. So I think they did really great on that and being able to kind of do the bidding process and actually like going around and doing that and who kind of is your first player as you're doing that so that it kind of changes so i think they did really well on those areas of the game how about you if i wanted to say the number one thing i think it does well is definitely the art and the tongue-in-cheek humor throughout the game we are wizards working with r&d to try to figure out what is the most profitable potion for our company and getting that just the whole concept of wizards and a stock exchange was kind of fun but honestly the thing i really enjoy and i think they hit it out of the park is all of the different names of cards so you have pixie dust ingredient which is what looks like pixie sticks stuffed into a glass you have con candy sheep wool which that name should tell you what the image is and the image will also tell you what the name will be dew from a mountain which looks like a lumpy mountain dew bottle <laughs> totally close to it but then you get things like dragon's fire and you get 
swamp water. So there's like good things, bad things, intermediate things. And I feel like that theme kept me interested in not just what is the bonus, but okay, we're building a potion and it has blood from a stone, pixie dust, and tears of a kitten in it. Right. And likewise, the potions themselves are also very cleverly named. And I think that's where the gem of this game is because you have things like a soothing potion and then they couple it with the art of a swaddled baby. The love potion has a number nine on it. Subtle nod to love potion number nine. Right. And then you get some not so great ones like the stink potion, which looks like a poop emoji in a bottle. This is the sort of fun that I feel like the game really tries to invoke. And when we played it, that's what we were getting from it too. It's like, it's trying to keep it light and just have some fun with the theme. Game mechanically, what I think it does well is the bidding and the fact that when you bid, you have to add an ingredient to one of the available potions. There's a kind of a cap to that. So you're modifying what benefits and penalties to those potions are before you grab them. And it's a little bit of a blind buy, which makes it interesting because you know what you've put in where, but you don't know what your other players have put in where. Right. The other good thing that I think Potions and Profits does really well is it plays fast. You can get bogged down a little bit in the bidding phase of the game, but that's like the primary phase of the game. All the other phases are preparing to do that phase, getting the ingredient cards ready for that phase, getting the R&D cards ready for that phase, doing the phase, <laughs> and cleaning up afterwards. Right. So like it looks like it's a multi-phase of turns, but you're looking at one real thing. Everything else is just building up to it and then cleaning up after it. So that's the things that we feel Potions Profit does really well. Where were some of the opportunities on this one? So one of the first opportunities is actually on the cards. There is little numbers on the bottom corners of the cards that represent your stock and your PR portion. There are little symbols behind them, but besides maybe the red cards, you really can't tell what those symbols are. And I feel like the symbols don't necessarily match what should be for your stock or for your PR portion. I think those could be done a little bit better, like a different color even, just so that it really pops. So it's easier to read and be like, okay, this is my stock. This is my PR portion. I think that would really help. I think what it could improve upon is even just maybe the stock portion in general, because you kind of start off in the middle, and if you have a good hand, that's great, you go up, but if you have a bad hand, you go down, and all of a sudden you're bankrupt, and it just kind of throws you off. You're looking at potions that are out there, but you don't know what's actually in them, so that can kind of change how good or how bad it is, so I think that's a portion that could either be better or worse. Maybe you either start up high, or even you start off low. It's harder to kind of really move from one end to the other. So I think that is some of the areas that I would like to see them do better in. How about for you? So you just kind of hit it in the last section there. The stock value goes from 0 to 10 and I feel like it could have been probably a bigger range to give a little bit more flexibility even if it was like a 20 point scale. Right. Instead then you'd have a little bit more swing because we saw that in the PR track which goes up to 20 but we didn't really see it in the stock as much. It's either you were at the top or the bottom and you never really floated in the middle as much in the games that we played. Now that could have been the way we built the potions, that could have been a couple different facets in there, but that was just our experience of what we saw. And like you said, going bankrupt on that first turn because you don't really have a good hand or you get stuck with a bad potion really puts you behind the pace of the game in a very fast, short game. So by going bankrupt and being like one or two players at the table that go bankrupt just kind of sets you back and lets other people win instead. Now, granted, you went bankrupt, so maybe that's the point, but True. it felt like there was 
really no easy catch-up mechanic for anyone who went bankrupt unless it was I really hope the other players go bankrupt too so I can catch up for a turn. Yeah. Now the other thing that I feel could be an opportunity was the rulebook itself. They do a very good job of outlining and showing examples on a couple pieces but then there was a couple maybe FAQ stuff that maybe could have been pulled out because each potion when you're adding ingredients can only have up to three but if your bidding phase goes beyond that it doesn't really call out well if you can't add a potion what then? Right what do you do with a potion? So some of those like like, what-if scenarios, even if it was a FAQ section, would be helpful. Mm -hmm. Overall, the rulebook was easy enough to understand. It was just, I think there could be a couple more case details in there that would help those players who hit those weird situations. Yeah, I think also one other thing that I think would help would be more ingredients. We had, you know, a whole stack of potions that we didn't get to, but ingredients we were going through left and right and seeing the same stuff all the time, which isn't terrible like it was good to see but at the same point it'd be nice to see like different ingredients throughout or come in or something mm -hmm. like that yeah that cycled a little quickly for our personal taste i know in a full six player game you're using all the ingredients every round which i think is a little bit more interesting but if you're cycling through a deck at a low three player four player count game like we were i do feel yeah there could have been more attached to it especially when you're like you said there was half a potion deck we didn't see most games yeah so that was just a couple things that we would like to see changed or updated or expanded upon now always this is a game that could easily be expanded upon with like the r&d kit that adds extra ingredients and extra cards and that's all it does mm -hmm. great you don't have to add any more mechanics just change up what you already have a little bit right so mindy who would you recommend potions and profits for people who like to do kind of more bidding and kind of process and kind of outsmart their people they're working against to actually build these potions and that i think people who like all that would be much better for this people who kind of are interested in kind of stocks and pr set up and like how that would work those are kind of the people i would recommend them for how about you your number crunching wizards <laughs> okay yeah i can see that yeah but in seriously like if you like the auction and, and the social interaction of an, a bidding game you're gonna like this if you're a person who wants to have a good time in a fantasy trope you're going to enjoy this. Mm -hmm. I will say the only downside is because it does bidding and auctioning as a mechanic, you do need that three-player minimum. does not really have an easy way or any real way to do a two-player variant, though I would love to see one, even if it was like there was a spoofed third player. Right. But overall, I think it does well for what it is. It keeps it as a small box game that's relatively light and definitely pretty quick. Yes. That sums up our review of Potions and Profits from Peterson Games. If you enjoy our reviews, please make sure to follow Tabletop Arcanum at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, as well as YouTube and Twitch. As always, thank you for listening. This is Justin. And Mindy. And happy gaming. Happy gaming. You've been listening to Tabletop Arcanum, hosted by Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, and featuring the original music by Paul Moore and Isaac Gilbert. You can follow us on most social media platforms. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review on whatever platform you listen to podcasts. As always, thanks for listening.